Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. Next up, we have the heavy-hitting Hollywood actor, Wood Harris. He starred in so many classic TV shows and films, like The Wire and Remember the Titans. And today, we chopping it up to Wood about longevity in the film industry and staying super fly in the streets. Let's go. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man Podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. Download the podcast, leave a five-star rating. You know that's my favorite number. Who was your favorite guest? What was your favorite segment? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Read the column each week. Get that good old-fashioned soul food. This week's theme is play or get played. It's not about sitting on the sidelines. You ever watch people do something and think to yourself, Damn, I wish I could do that. Guess what? You can. You should. You might not make it to the league, but who cares? Somebody could be watching you do something you love so passionately that it inspires them to make it to the pros. You might not get rich, but trust me, your life will be richer for doing something you've longed to do. I never watched Star Wars, but I know Yoda once said, do or do not. There's no try. So less trying, less wishing, and more doing. Dive right in. Make the most of the life you're blessed to have. Our next guest is a prime example of making the most of his time. Wood Harris has starred in so many classic movies over the last three decades that we're going to have to hang his IMDb page in the rafters someday. From The Wire to Remember the Titans, he is so very memorable in every movie, in every TV series he's in. And today, I get to talk to him about some of the iconic roles he's played in having longevity in Hollywood. Next up, my brother, Wood Harris. Hi, I'm Jalen Rose, and welcome to the Renaissance Man podcast, proudly presented by the New York Post. As you know, each Thursday, a show where we cover trends in fashion, entertainment, current events, and everything in between. My next guest is a legend. He's been acting for decades and been in so many classic TV shows and movies. From Above the Rim to The Wire, Remember the Titans, Creed 2, my brother Will Harris has range. I am so very proud to have you on the show, my brother. Thanks a lot for joining me. Man, thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. Jay, you already know, man. Feels good to be just chopping it up with you. No question. And... I have to just say this. 
thank you for putting on for our culture. Like when I take steps to try to make sure I represent my community and represent my people on an entertainment platform, brothers like yourself, I've got a chance to watch Ascend as well. And trust me, you inspire me. Wow. All of the movies that I mentioned, I've seen each of those movies at least 50 times. <laughs> Anybody that knows me will tell you that. So again, it's an honor to have you on the show. Man, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, indeed, indeed. What was it like growing up in Chicago and how did it impact who you are today? Um, well, I grew up in, 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 in hard times in Chicago, you know, but I like to think of it as colorful times, you know, because it, it, it kind of, it gave me my, my, um, my viewpoint on things, you know, so, but, you know, it was a hard, hard city. It still is, you know, that region is just, you know, it's a hard place to grow up, Jalen, you know, very well from the weather to the people, it's not even just you know, conditions, you know, mental conditions, but it's also environmental. You know, you got harsh winters, mm -hmm. super cold in Detroit in the wintertime, mm -hmm. super Great cold point. in Chicago, mm -hmm. super hot in the summer. It really does, I think, make us quite different. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then I grew up, you know, in, in Chicago in the 80s. And man, it was tough, Jalen. The gangbanging was oh. real. You know, um, the street world was just starting to be a larger growing kind of cancer, you know, kind of taking over the regular communities. Because I was seeing it go from, a, a you know, like a, a community safe for grandma to one where grandma, it ain't safe for grandma no more. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, 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 that's not what it all was about. Because, you know, oftentimes cats like me, we get on here and, you know, we reflect on. When we talk about growing up, we 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 see firstly we see those negative things, but at the same time, man, I think if I would do it all again, you know, it's not like I would change it and become, you know, I want to live in the suburbs now or something. You know what I'm saying? Well, I want to live a different life. If I had to do it all over again, I would just be born me again, and I would just go through everything again. I wouldn't change anything. So, what happens as a public figure? And this happens to me a lot. People live vicariously through your characters, just like they live vicariously through phases of my life, where mm -hmm. they might be yelling a shout out to the Fab Five, or somebody might be from a town that I played in or know somebody named Jalen. That's, mm -hmm. that, that's the versatility that we're growing up to have being from the Midwest, because you got to be able to function on both sides of the street to that's still true. get where you're trying to go. For you, as you mentioned, your love became acting. When did you know that it was something that you wanted to do professionally. Uh, I think I was bit by it professionally because um, I actually got a job um, as an actor doing these little skits, right? So I was like, I think I was 20, no, I was 19 or 20. And I, I discovered that I could audition for audition for one. When I auditioned, I got the part in this, uh, and this um, traveling kind of like, it's gonna start, now I'm about to sound like a, <laughs> some shit from the 1800s, but, uh, <laughs> but it was like a traveling show we did for corporate, for different corporations that dealt with um, substance abuse, right? Oh, so okay. this was like, it was like, uh, how do you describe it? It was, um, 
um, industrial plays we did to, mm-hmm. to stop uh, people from wanting to use drugs basically at work or workers to get in their head about using drugs. So anyway, long story short, I was making a lot of money because to me back for doing that, like I made $900 a rip mm-hmm. and I would do that like twice a week, three times a week. And it was 45 mm-hmm. minutes, you know, it was, mm-hmm. it was 45 minutes of rip. So now I got, to, I got like, what I, what I got? Like, you know, you're talking about $1,800, <laughs> but you know, what's that? $2,600, bro? $2,700? What? I need that. What? <laughs> That's bread. So once I understood that, plus I got scholarships, which also are money, you know? Mm-hmm. So I started to understand that it, I just took it very seriously at that point. I never, I never thought of it as a hobby. I wanted to name this episode something special. And I felt like it was only right to take one of your iconic characters, Avon <laughs> Barksdale, mm-hmm. and name this episode Player Get Played. <laughs> right? And you've been, as I mentioned, you're like, I can't front. Like, I look at your career these great movies, characters, accomplishments, these are all in sports would be championship rings. Wow. So man. to me, dog, you got at least five rings. <laughs> Thank I'm you, dead man. I'm a, serious. I'm going to use that. Use that. For, like, for real, you know, the wire, that's a ring, dog. Yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. time classic. Yeah. I don't care what yeah. the award shows say. Mm-hmm. I don't get the awards at what I do either. And I know I'm the best at what I do. Right. So I, I got to ask yep. you about a couple of people you've got a chance to work with. Okay. Above the rim. Mm-hmm. You got a chance to work with Tupac Shakur. That's right. Birdie. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like? Man, um, you know, at the time, I can, I can talk about it from two different perspectives, right? So at the time, you know, Tupac wasn't as iconic as he ended up. That was that was the first, that was before the first time he got shot. He actually got shot the first time during, at the end of the shoot of Above the Rim. And so he was an ascending, like an ascending figure. He hadn't sort of plateaued at no height that was a, way above everybody else yet. Even though he was, a, you know, a star, very, 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 you know, very, very famous. I think Above the Rim was his second f- film. Yeah, so, you know, it was in his progress. Well, that after happened. Juice, right after Juice and Poetic yeah, right after Justice. Juice. Exactly. So um, I, uh, meeting him was really just meeting him, you know, so I, you know, I kind of met Tupac. I didn't meet the, the superstar dude who got out of jail for the rape thing and all this and that. Mm-hmm. I met the young actor, rapper, like we would sit around and rap, just sit there, talk. He was very intelligent, very smart. I think everybody who genuinely met him and got to know him could see that. Um, and uh, so when I think about it from from this perspective, I realized that back then I was just concentrating on, 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 on doing my work, you know, mm-hmm. even though I was around Tupac and in the mix with, with Tupac and Marlon and the people in the cast, that was my first movie. So I was really on cloud nine about that. You know, that was your first movie? Above the first movie, Was your first movie? Very first. So your 
you got a championship, your first movie? <laughs> Nobody that is that. crazy. That's like no. Magic Jumping Center is rookie year. <laughs> no, hold on, man. Finish telling me about your first movie classic above the rim, please. Please continue. I'm sorry. All right, well, no, it's all good. Yeah, that's that's the first movie, and Pac was it was it was his second film. Um, and so I met John Singleton on the set. He brought John Singleton on the set because they were negotiating uh, poetic justice. Mm -hmm. What I did get from Tupac was a lot of like, I understood some things about filmmaking from my first film because of Tupac. Mm -hmm. For instance, he realized how much power he had on the set and he didn't relinquish it um, just for any old reason. He didn't give you space. Here, take space, sir, and sort of like mm -hmm. kindly welcome you to anything. <laughs> right. And I kind of like that, you know, like, mm -hmm. so when I'm on a set, you know, I just really stick to myself. I'm in the trailer. I don't really do lunch with everybody. And, mm -hmm. um, but it's good for me because now I'm more focused on the script. I never stop focusing on the script, you know what I'm saying? Um, or the process. So I don't, at lunchtime, I don't go shoot shoot the breeze with everybody and talk mm -hmm. about life and escape right. escape what we're doing. I just don't mm -hmm. leave it, you know? Mm -hmm. Stay and so I kind of picked that up from movie number one. Mm. And I think those habits um, were good for me, you know, were experiences that, I, but I got it from Tupac because I watched Tupac use his power. You know, my interpretation is to do it the way I did it, but he used his power on the set. He knew that once he was filmed, you couldn't, you had to keep him around. <laughs> right. So, right, exactly. He right. took all so, of the real estate, took all of the reparations. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So if you did him wrong at that point, man, he flexed. You know, now I'm not a flexing person like that. Like, you don't get the chance to do me wrong because like I said, I'm not even there. You know, I'm, I'm somewhere chilling. You know, I'm not in the mix so you could do me wrong. But Tupac want to be in the mix. You know, so he could be done wrong, you know. So, so if you did him wrong, he might not come out the trailer for four hours. <laughs> I learned that, you know? Um, and so it being my first movie, it was a big experience, man. It, it was just a big experience. First of all, I was doing a movie, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden I'm doing a movie, you know? So my Correct. childhood friends, they seeing their boy go do a movie. And it's with Tupac, but like I said, Tupac wasn't um, at that time. Leon was really like the biggest star. Correct. Leon had it popping, you know. No question. Um, yeah, and um, Dwayne Martin was uh, getting his stuff popping. Yep. Marlon, which was his second film, mm -hmm. so everybody Bugaloo. was in the mm -hmm. yeah. Everybody was in the beginning of their career in that movie. Uh, Bernie Mac, it was his first movie. Mm -hmm. Um, the the veteran was Leon on the set, you know, mm -hmm. and the star was Tupac. He was a star because outside his trailer. Every morning when you get there, he had fans. Wow. Like he had women lined up outside the trailer. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Rest in peace to the legend. Now let's yeah. talk about another one of your championships. You got a chance to work alongside Denzel Washington. Oh, that's right. My uncle Denzel. Yeah. And remember the Titans. What was that's it right. like to work alongside the all-time legend? Well, I mean, 
I just remember being, uh, well, I'm a big fan of, of, of the different actors, you know, and of course Denzel is part of the fabric of somebody my age wanting to be an actor. Like he is in your mind, you know. So to get the opportunity to work with him in that film was um, pretty dreamy at the time, you know. I, um, but, I, you know, I learned also a lot from Denzel in terms of professionality, like Denzel's on time, Denzel, um, he knew how to work with everybody in terms of, you know how to work with the actors who might be kind of fanning, be big mm -hmm. fans. He knew how to show you, Denzel shows you professionality and talent, and he shows you skill, something he learned, not just, he's not just winging it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in our professions, you can just be winging it, winging it. Like just hanging out, you know, just right. um, shooting the dice, you know, mm -hmm. um, something without control. But Denzel showed me that, like, professionality is how you utilize the control in your professional interests. Utilize your control, you know. So, and also, he's a huge celebrity at the time. So I, you know, I remember him coming in the stadium and people, all the whole stadium, standing up and clapping and. And him being like waving one hand at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Yankee fitted. <laughs> and another, yeah, Yankee fitted. And Denzel is a real guy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, you know, from that standpoint, he's like a big bro on the set, you know. Um, Boaz cool. Joaquin directed that. He also directed Fresh, which is, I'm a big fan of the movie Fresh. And um, uh, that whole scene was just so special. Another true story. You know, so I got to meet the person who I was portraying. Mm -hmm. And as an actor, that's, that's, I don't know what to tell you. That's a very unusual thing. But I've had it a lot now. That's a real person in Paid in Full. That's a real person in On the Wire. That was Jimi Hendrix. That's a real person. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm a real person now on the shows that I'm doing. It's mm -hmm. very interesting. I think I have a very specific something to give. And it's true stories. It's a lot of real people's stories, you know. Absolutely. And as you know, when you decide to tell other people's stories and play characters of their life, they're going to take it personal if it ain't right. Exactly. You know Plus, what I'm saying? You don't want to do it wrong because you know you're doing a disservice to them. And, Correct. Uh, yeah, you don't want to do a disservice to uh, these people. Like I um, I met Jimmy Hendrix's dad, you know, mm. and I met his brother and, and his uh, and his sister. And you don't want to get up there, be goofing around with no outfit on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> Chilling out with a wig on front and like, <laughs> stop it already. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, absolutely. You want to be. You want to feel like. That's why you have to be artistic. If you mm -hmm. if you don't approach it as art, if this just feels like work to you, then so be it. But that's just not me. You know, I see it like um, it's art. So I have to I have to be the artist. I have to I have to give it all to the to the to this to this effort. Otherwise, I'm doing a disservice to it. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're definitely not doing a disservice. And I want to talk about another one of your championship rings <laughs> alongside Mitch, alongside Rico. You played ace. Yeah. You paid in full. And you just referenced the movie. So what do you recall about shooting that movie? The soundtrack 
also in all of these movies that you do are seen to be classic as well. So what yeah. do you remember about shooting that movie? Um, that movie was is is really special. Like the whole process was really special. Um, I got to meet AZ, who AKA Ace, mm -hmm. um, ahead of time and learn a lot about the circumstances. Makai is from the area and really knew it extremely well. He knew the story extremely well. Because of Makai, um, I got my hands on Don Diva. Um, different, different, different. Classic. Go yeah. get your Don Diva. Don Diva. Yeah, so I got my hands on stuff that was giving me a lot of information that I really didn't know about, about them. And um, because they're like local to New York, but still, they were local legends in New York. Correct. But Chicago, right. you know, and Detroit, we got our we own got versions. Our own legends. Right. So <laughs> yeah. we got our own versions of those. But this no is no question. York, we got our own BMFs and Chambers Brothers and, and BMF. I'm you know I'm in BMF too. Did I tell you that? No. I'm on the series. But but let no. me just yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's oh. what I meant to talk to you. Yeah, I meant to chop it up with you. We might have to do a part two, Jalen. Word like you, but listen. So um, so but long story short, yeah, I know, man. And and we shot BMF with Young Meach. Oh. His son portrayed him, bro. Oh, I know I you. Wait to tell you, I can't wait to have this conversation with you. I cannot wait to have because just so you know, I went to Detroit Southwestern High School, and oh, okay. the fifty fifty boys started in. Southwest Detroit. Yeah. When, when I was basically like watching above the rim, seeing myself in my community, like you're just describing. Because mm -hmm. I was the guy getting recruited to play on people's teams. That's crazy. You see what I'm saying? That's crazy. Of course you were, dog. Right? You, you see you what I mean? So of we going to get into that. Back to paid in full, though, That's because I want to let you breathe on that one. So paid in full, please take me back. All right. Hi, Cameron, Dame, please take me back. All right. So in the beginning, I Makai, who I already knew Makai, Makai um brought the brought the script to me in a sense, you know, and gave me the information and stuff that I needed to really know about AZ, uh, uh Rich and um Alpo. So then I was all locked in. Once I knew the story, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is a great opportunity, mm -hmm. right? I, I, did, I did, Then I got to meet the actual AZ, and he kind of signed off on me as well with the director, Charles Stone. Charles Stone's a great director. Mm -hmm. um, he's done other things. He's doing some things now, too. He did drum Drumline. Mm -hmm. um, um, he's done many different films. But Paid in Full, we had like a, a kinship. I already knew Makai, so the, the chemistry was already there. Cameron, you know, Cameron came in loving the story, that <laughs> loving that he get to portray, you know, that character and really digging into it, to be honest with you. Uh -huh. And it was great that he was that way. He ended up being, like, perfect. He was perfect because he was sort of, like, living it. Absolutely. He yeah, he was living it. He was... He wasn't just pretending every day coming, zipping on a person. When Cameron left, he was still in character. Killer! No doubt. Let me tell you one thing that Cam did on the set, right, which was dope. So it's a shot in paid in full where you see Cam uh, walk up to this guy inside his car. He's still on him in the car and pull him out through the window, right? Uh-huh. They don't say that in the script, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Word up, that was ad lib. <laughs> yeah, that's freestyle. But see, that's what I mean by being in character. Um, the script did not say pull this dude out. I'm sure the script, if it said anything, you talk to him, you open the door, you're gonna pull him out the car like that, right? Right. He's talking to him, he stole on him through the window and pulled him out through the window. They dragged him and they they beat him down on right there on the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. I remember Charles called me that night in the hotel and he was like, he said, Well, we got the greatest shot ever tonight. <laughs> and he told me what Cam did because I didn't have to be there for it. Yeah. He told right. me what Cam did. And then when I saw it, I know that guy who we pulled out through the window now. Wow. I know that guy. <laughs> That's great. Exactly. That, I know him today, you know. But um, so that 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 movie is full of that. It's full of like raw and me myself, I was just completely tapped in. Like um, I mean, I was nobody else, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And neither was Makai. Makai was perfect to be rich. Yeah, I think yeah. we three are cast kind of perfectly in that sense. Perfect. So that movie, yeah, it's perfect to the to the story and the folklore of the story is lived through us too, because number one, I know AZ and I don't want to do a disservice to nobody's story. I'm portraying them, you know, like I said before, mm -hmm. and um, I know Makai, now I know Cameron. Mm -hmm. And so we just had fun too, bro. You know, it's fun to go get the chip too. You know, it's fun to be yes. on court. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. We having, fun, man. We having a lot of fun. I was not, um, paying attention to Dame or, or and I didn't see Jay but one time I think on the set, but I wouldn't even care to see it talk to nobody else. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want anybody to take me out of the reality I was making for myself. That's the thing, when I start sculpting something out of me, I don't want to be morphed back into, you know, going back mm -hmm. into my isms, who would it? Right. So, uh, I just will ignore people and just stay away from certain, you know, people because I know mm -hmm. they can pull me out of where I'm at. So I, I just was around, the, I was just around them or nobody. You know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Absolutely. So I was just living it, living it, living it, living it, living it. And when it came out, you know, I remember we went to the premiere in New York and man, it was just Charles Stone, man. He's a great director. Because he was able to bottle what we were what we were putting together, he bottled it. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. He was a great director. I'm sure he had a hard time working with Dame and working with people uh, because directors always do. Not to mm -hmm. put Dame out like that. I don't know if Dame. I don't think Dame did anything particular. But directors end up with a hard time. It being his first feature film. Mm -hmm. It being working with the people he had to work with. I'm sure he didn't have an easy time. But he, he still made it. He did a lot of the rewrites on the script. The original script was written by AZ. Mm. And it was like 300 pages long. It wasn't in the... It's too long, bro. <laughs> <laughs> too, long. too long, man. But I love all them cats. Just, just, to, just to nail that down, you know. I love all those cats. The cast, the real people. Um, you know, there's so many stories I can go on and on. We'll have to do a part two, part three. Right. We'll have seven parts, you know. No uh, yeah. But again, like you can tell everything that you just said from the directing to the acting to the chemistry and to like everybody being cast personally, like correct, perfectly being casted perfectly. And that's a championship ring. You got another one. You was also in Creed too. We talked oh, about yeah. Denzel. Well, Michael B. Jordan is next. 
Oh, yeah. And that's another classic that you got a chance to be a part of, the, the lineage of Rocky. I know you grew up loving sports and now yeah. to be a part of Creed. So talk to me about that experience. Um, well, you know, I've known Mike since Mike was on The Wire. So Mike was on the first season of The Wire. I think Mike was like 16. And so um, I've always known Mike basically just about his entire career. And he and Ryan Coogler. Now, Ryan Coogler is amazing. He really is. He's um, he's amazing because he's his determination, his ability to get things done. Mm-hmm. Pretty amazing. Like the guy went and did Fruitvale Station. The next thing was Creed. Classics. Like he's amazing. After that, it was Black Panther. There's been no mm-hmm. like. Now he produced, he produced he produced uh, 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 the uh, Fred Hampton story movie, right? Mm-hmm. Judas and the, and the, and the Black, Black, Black Messiah. Messiah. Yep. Yeah. So he is an ascending thing. And mm-hmm. so Mike and the good fortune and blessings that Mike have, those two together, um, that tandem is was, was a pretty, it just was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Fruitvale Station, Creed, Black Panther, they did those together. That's like... Mm-hmm. Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. See, you don't always end up with a director next to you who is a Scorsese. Mm-hmm. And Kugler is a Kugler. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's a he's a Ryan Kugler. I give a big shout out to him. They both mad young. That's mm-hmm. what I love about them. They're young too. Right. Like they're mad young. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh I just know Mike said he was 16, you know. So um Creed came together, and for me, it was just special because once you met Ryan, you realized this dude is different. You know, mm-hmm. you just knew it. And now Mike has ascended to the next Creed, which we'll be shooting relatively soon, Creed III. Um, it's, even, it's even in a bigger place, man. You know, so it's just, mm-hmm. you know. Now, now filming it, Mike had all the work cut out for him. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, you go, you can go do a movie and you don't got to do all the work. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You don't get the trophy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got your ghost riders. You got everybody. Everybody hey, playing listen. the instruments. You got the band. You got everything. I got the band. Look, the confetti <laughs> got on too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was there. <laughs> but um, I know in the next Creed 3, my character actually evolves in such a way. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and I believe Mike is directing it. So that's really, I'm hyped to work with Mike in that, in that regard too. And not only clearly acting and you're also an MC, but you're Mm -hmm. also a model and you've been crushing it with your kiss stuff. I saw you at the Versace mansion doing it big. Oh, okay. So what's your relationship (laughs) with fashion? Oh yeah. Well, you know, man, we grew up, Wanting to have fashion, you know, like I grew up, fashion was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like confidence, pride. Exactly. It was what your feathers. Like you ain't got no mm-hmm. feathers on. Like look at your bum. You got bum feathers. Like <laughs> you can't fly with those, Jack. Like <laughs> you know, in the black culture, at least back in the days, if you if you came lame, you heard about it. Correct. If you ain't come proper, you heard about it. And it affected your social life. Like definitely. 
it, it would leave yeah. a stain. You know what I'm saying? So, so for me early on, now I'll tell you what got me out of that. Not out of fashion, but it got me out of trend, trendy fashion. When somebody tried to shoot me for my leather with the fur on the inside. Word up. Word up. When somebody tried to get me for my, because I'm from Chicago, and you uh -huh. already know. Check it in. Check I had on the leather with the fur on the inside. But when mm -hmm. winter time, I had on the Malcolm X hat. I had on the uh, Jabos. Mm. I had on the, the mm. Zodiacs. <laughs> mm. Fresh. Late at night. And um, coming from my boy crib, and two cats tried to get me. You know what I'm saying? I'm, and just to make a long story short, even the gun came out. You know mm. what I'm saying? So I dipped, the gun came out, and just I feel like I had a guardian angel, literally, because mm. this car came out of nowhere. It was a long stretch white Lincoln with mm. his bright lights on, winter in Chicago. So, you know, you're hitting all that white snow. Mm. So the light hitting all that white snow. So, so it's illuminated. So mm -hmm. I turn over my shoulder. I see the dude, but it's like a movie. He got the, he's being blinded by the light. Like he got the mm -hmm. gun though. He like, wow. and I dip. I dip, bro, and I get away. Hey man, mm -hmm. I, I got home. I took the leather coat off. I put that joint. I put that joint in the closet. You put that you thing know, in park, didn't you? <laughs> I put that thing in storage. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody want to buy a coat. Anybody want to buy this <laughs> No, just hold it. <laughs> you can just keep it, dog. You can pay me on layaway. Before I let you get out of here, I got a rapid fire segment called Gone in 60 Seconds. Got you. You ready to do this, my brother? Let's do it. Let's do All it. All right. Name an actor you would love to work with. Sean Penn. What's the one restaurant in Chicago that everyone should check out? Man, one restaurant in Chicago. Man, that's a tough one. Um, uh... Uh, Harold's <laughs> fried chicken all day. That's my oh, spot. Okay, who would you trust more to make you money, Avon Barksdale or Ace? Oh, you a dirty rap for this one, dog. <laughs> You're making it tough for me. I'm gonna go with, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Ace. Ace, what's the flyest item of clothing you've ever bought? Oh, the flyest item of clothing I ever bought. Ooh. I think it's probably like my Louis stuff. Like uh, I got some cool Louis clothes and that's really it. Oh yeah, I remember they was putting the Louis patterns on jackets, shoes and everything. But yeah. I knew you weren't gonna say that coat that all got you killed. And finally, <laughs> <laughs> if you could star as any, if you could star as anyone in a biopic, who would it be? Um, well, I'd like to be Richard Pryor. I think I can pull it off. And um, But I know my man Mike Epps is on that. So, yeah. But Richard Pryor or anybody like that. I've done a lot of bio stuff. So I think I'm, I, I, I think I'm like trained through experience to do those things. Or at least it would even help Mike Epps with that role. Um, if he's doing it, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, Richard Pryor. Absolutely. But before I let you get out of here, I want to thank you very much. And always remember, you got as many rings as the late, great Kobe Bryant, my brother. And That's more true. and more to come. You might get up to Bill Russell status in the next couple of years, man. <laughs> I appreciate you, Thank you, my man. Last call. Last call. Last call. I'd like to thank Wood Harris 
for stopping by the podcast. I love hearing about the preparation he puts into every role. Speaking of impactful shows and roles, The Wire is a classic. And I can't end this show without saying rest in power to the incredibly gifted actor, Michael K. Williams. He passed away recently and not too long after Wood Harris and I had this conversation. Michael K. Williams commanded attention every time he was on screen and was able to show the beauty and vulnerability in dark-skinned men with scars, both hidden and visible. Omar, chalky white, classic roles will forever be embedded in our brains. And this is just an example of how good an actor he truly was. Rest in peace, Michael K. Williams. I'm the Renaissance Man. See you next week.